Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi, I am glad you're spending time with me today, but I am sorry you have a reason to. Today, we are going to listen to the rest of my talk with Linda Dillo. If you did not hear the previous episode, you will want to go and listen to that one first, as we are going to pick up where we left off. I think it's important for you to hear her story, and it truly is a springboard to what you will hear Linda share today. So if you haven't heard episode 195, Trusting God When It Doesn't Make Sense, I highly recommend starting with that one and then coming back to this episode with Linda. We are going to pick up where Linda felt a strong urging from the Lord that there was something she needed to do that had to do with hope to keep her from being sucked down and held in that place of suffocating darkness we are all familiar with after the death of our child. She wanted to choose to align herself with God instead of the lies of the enemy within the painful confusion and not spiral down into that pit of hopelessness, darkness, and depression. Linda ended up writing what she calls a declaration of hope, and we are going to jump right in with Linda reading that declaration to us. I want to align myself with God, so I'm going to write out this declaration of hope. And so I wrote, I declare to you, my God, number one, God, don't waste my pain. Mm -hmm. And I have like eight exclamation points after that. <laughs> you know, yes. if I have to go through this, yes. my daughter's having cancer. And then a month or so after I wrote this, my precious joy going to heaven, God, don't waste my pain. And the second thing, Father, use this pain to build perseverance, character, and hope in my life. And that was from Romans 5, 3 through 5. God, I don't want this wasted. I want this pain to build something in my life. Yes. Perseverance, character, and hope. And the third thing I said from 2 Corinthians 1 verses 3 and 4, Abba, comfort me so I can comfort others. And he says there that he's the God of all mercies and the God of all comfort, and he will comfort us so we can comfort others. Mm -hmm. So that's what I declared to you. And, you know, Laura, as I wrote those things out, it wasn't like it took the big ball of pain away, but I think it loosened it a little bit. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know how else to say it, but it loosened didn't it. didn't quite have the grip on you that it did. It didn't have the grip on me. And I began sharing my declaration of hope with other people. And God gave me the privilege to teach some amazing leaders of women in Ukraine during the war. And 
they are suffering on every level. I mean, they would mm. say things to me like this, a group of young people in our church, their question this week was, how do we learn to live without fathers? Mm. Because all of the men are out on the front yeah. line. I mean, let's say the youth groups aren't normal youth groups in Ukraine. Yeah. They want to know, how do I live without a father? Mm-hmm. And it's, there is death everywhere. Mm-hmm. And everyone is suffering. And so I shared with them about my daughter's death. And I said, my pain is different from yours, but my pain has been excruciating. And I said, one thing I've done to encourage myself is to write a declaration of hope. And I shared it with them. And I encouraged these precious women in Ukraine to write their own declaration of hope. Now, this is all through translation. It exactly gets translated, right? Mm -hmm. But I said to them, if God gives you something, why don't you send it to Oksana, the translator, and she could translate it from Ukrainian into English and send it to me. Okay. Lena wrote this. She said it was based on Romans 12, 11 through 13. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Lord, help me to be comforted by hoping you that I don't get weary in fervor when I'm dismayed seeing people's sufferings. In this tribulation, help me be patient so that I see what you want me to learn. Help me be constant in prayer for the country and people to intercede for those perishing. Help me participate in the needs of your saints so that the world would see love among your children. Like I said, it's on every level. It's for their own family. It's for their country. Another woman wrote, life without hope is even greater than suffering. Life without God is mere existence. What is my reaction? What are my comments? What is my declaration of hope? I want to help, but not bring harm. And I can only do that if my strength is in the Lord. I thank the Lord that he reveals and encourages us through so many different ways. So they encouraged me. Mm. They want so much, even in their suffering, to give to others and to help others. Hmm. And, and it's like, you can just sense from what you read that they know how important it is to have their own hope because they want to be able to give it to others. Yeah. It's, it's almost like God give me hope so that I can give it to others in this place of darkness. Now, Linda, we can have peace within the pain, can't we? We really can. And God has given me that. And I, and I praise him. And that doesn't mean that there haven't been buckets of tears. Right. There can exactly. Be in the midst of tears. 
and there can be peace in the midst of sadness. And for me, it really has come with declaring my hope in wanting God to use this in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be stuck in just staying in the pain. I want right. to use the pain in my life and mm-hmm. in others' lives. And I've asked him through all this to really teach me how to grieve, because I don't think as Americans, we know how to do that. Right. And I've gone to the Psalms and I've used the lament Psalms and uh, I've asked the women in Ukraine, uh, we've used Psalm 77 and I asked them to, to write their own Psalm, their mm. own lament Psalm about their experience. And I'm supposed to get some of those back from them, but I've written my own and it, it helps to be able to, even when you feel so inadequate, I don't have any words, God, I can't, I can't, it's too deep. It hurts too much. I can't, I can't express it. It, Mm -hmm. It helps to try to get it out. Yeah. yeah. Now you, you, I want to circle back because you had, you've mentioned this lament a couple times now and God has shown you that lamenting is a form of worship, right? It is. Yeah. Now, how do you figure that? Share that with us. Well, David thought it was a third of the Psalms are lament. In fact, mm-hmm. there are more Psalms of grieving and, mm-hmm. and of, of complaining to God. Yes. Yeah. And, and a lot and, of that, God, where are you? I can't see you. I right. can't feel you. When is this going right. to end? When is this pain going to be over? I mean, a lot of it is like that. And as happy Americans, we want happy praise and happy worship. <laughs> and so we go to the happy songs. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and they're there too. Mm-hmm. And they are wonderful and we want to worship and praise God in happiness. But God gave, God gave me one, one song. It's called new, new wine by Hillsong. And if I had a dollar for every time I have wept through that song, (laughs) I would be rich. I mean, it's really, it's really a prayer of surrender Mm. and God, you're breaking up the ground you know, but, but you're going to bring new wine out of it and you're going to use this. It's really like my declaration of hope. It's the Mm. same thing, Mm -hmm. but do you know this book, Laura, dark Uh, clouds, deep mercy? No. Oh, well you have to get it. It is a wonderful book. All right. It's called discovering the grace of lament. And it is written by a very precious man. I would pronounce his name, but his <laughs> last name is V-R-O-E-G-O-P. And it looks like something on an eye chart. <laughs> I'll so, dig it up and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. How's that? <laughs> but it, it's written by, and, and the forewords by Johnny Erickson Todd. Oh my, okay. So the forward's worth everything because Mm. she says in here that when we are in pain, that it stings God's heart. Mm. And I just said, oh, God, thank you. Mm -hmm. But this precious man lost a child at birth Mm. and 
that sent him uh, spiral, going down. Yep, to that dark place. He went to the Psalms and God taught him how to weep and seek God through the Psalms. And this book is for lay people. It's not hard. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I took the first four chapters of this book and literally taught them to the women in Ukraine hmm. and used it as an outline and taught them how to lament. And I said, this is what your women in Ukraine need because they have to have a way to get the pain out. Yeah. Now, it's interesting because you made a comment that you asked God to teach you how to grieve. We don't think about that. We're so busy blaming God and the what ifs and the whys and the we don't think about, you know, turning it to a how, how God, how am I going to get through this? How are you going to get me through this? Teach me how to grieve so that I can come out of that darkness. And one thing that I find interesting is a lot of times in those lamenting Psalms, I've heard you say in a way that the wording is kind of like the along the line of by the end, he lamented and cried his way back to God. That's exactly right. And in so many of the Psalms, the psalmist did that. Right, that right. They, but in this precious book, there's a whole chapter on how we complain to God. You know, I teach women how not to complain about their husbands. And I even... <laughs> And I even had a, a band made up for him, you know, <laughs> helping him to, to learn not to do that. Okay, we we know what the scriptures say mm-hmm. about not grumbling, complaining. Mm-hmm. He shows us how to complain correctly and biblically. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a very biblically oriented book, but it has so much heart in it because mm-hmm. of his suffering. Mm-hmm. So. I like it when Job says, you know, we we hear so common, it's thrown around when Job, his whole thing about, you know, the blessing of the Lord and, and, you know, I'll bless you. And, and he says, Job says that even if you kill me, I'll still trust you, but we don't go on to the rest. I found it so funny one time when I realized I was reading that straight from the word and Job goes on to say, but if you kill me, at least I can argue my case to you face to face. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I thought that's so good. I'll trust you, even if you kill me, because if you kill me, I can argue my case to you face to face. I love that. (laughs) That's good. That's good. No, this book has been this book has been a a real encouragement to Hmm. me. Okay. Uh, There's another one, and the name is escaping me, but it's an older one by. I know there was one you've, I've heard you mention about sacred sorrow. Yes. I was going to say had sorrow in it. By Michael Card, who is a worship leader, wrote some wonderful worship songs 20 years ago, Hmm. but he went from happy praise to lamenting praise and wrote this book, a sacred sorrow. And it also is very good. It doesn't have the heart because he's not speaking out of personal experience, like Cloud's Deep Mercy. But I think you said something good, Laura, and I hadn't really thought of it for myself. I think sometimes 
we complain to God, but we don't really get on our knees and say, God, would you teach me to grieve? Mm-hmm. God, would you teach me? Would you show me if there's anything I need to do to get this big ball of pain out? God, am I going to walk around all my life with this? Right, right. And I know one of the things I asked him maybe three or four years ago, I said, Lord, would you show me where joy is? Not my daughter, Joy, but where joy is, I don't feel laughter. Mm -hmm. I... Is there, is there delight and joy for me? Mm-hmm. I've come to hope. I've come to trust. Mm-hmm. But yeah. can, you, can you bring me back to that delight? And That seems to be one of the last things that comes to us. And yeah. it just feels like it takes forever. It just, it's like we just can't quite get there, it feels like. Well, I asked, I said, would you, would you show me? And um he brought me to a new worship song called A Thousand Hallelujahs. And I don't know, somehow, somehow new joy is coming back mm-hmm. through, through some new worship songs. Yeah. And I'm thankful he's doing it that way. Yes. Yes. It's the Lord. I want to circle back to one thing that I said I wanted to come back to. And that is, and then we'll start wrapping this up. In your book, Call My Anxious Heart, I, I've read more than once that you asked the question, are you going to judge God by the circumstances you don't understand or judge the circumstances in the light of the character of God? And you've mentioned the character of God a couple of times. So, you know, I just want to give you a chance to maybe talk a little bit more about that because I know that there are listeners, they feel like they're angry at God, like they can't trust him because he betrayed them. They've prayed faithfully for safety and protection over their children. It's like, what's the, what's the point of praying all that stuff if God's just going to do whatever he wants to do? And, you know, they, I've read, I read my Bible. I go to church. I'm a good Christian. Why would God do something like this? So how do we not judge his character but instead trust him and judge the circumstance? It's a good question. And I think it's one that all Christians ask, but a lot don't voice. Mm-hmm. I, yes. I have a lot of young women I teach in our church here. And a lot of young women come up to me and they'll say things like this. Well, Linda, I just don't get it. I mean, I'm having a quiet time every, every day. Right. And, and I mean, I'm really doing what God wants me to do. So I thought if I did that, that my life yes. would be pretty smooth. I'm doing and it all right. I'm, I'm doing all I'm the right doing things. God, so, mm. so why, why is my husband watching pornography? Because if I'm having a quiet time, shouldn't mm. everything be going well? I mean, isn't that the way it's supposed to work? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, did you find that in the Bible? Right. Well, I just thought that was the way it was supposed to work. And I said, well, I don't see that in my Bible. I said, what I see in my Bible is that it says in this world, there's going to be tribulation. Uh But Jesus said he'd overcome the world. Uh And I see that he's going to be with us in all the problems and that he's going to be 
he will be our everything, that he's going to be my hiding place. And I think we look at it the way we look at our own children. I want to protect my children from everything. Mm-hmm. If I could keep them from every hurt, I would. And yet that's not even healthy for them. That's true. But God knows, and I even know that that's not. Right, right. It's, it's, Do you think that's part of our American Christianity? That we just I think, think... I think... I think it's, yes, but I think it's part of a mother's heart too, or a parent's True. heart. Yes. Whatever mm-hmm. I didn't have, I want to give them and I want them to have more than I had, but we want them to be safe and right. we want them to have everything. And it just, I mean, I've even had people say to me things like this, Laura, because my husband and I were missionaries overseas for 18 years. Wow. I didn't think, I didn't think God would let things this horrible happen to people that gave their life for him. You know, first of all, bad things happen in the world. There is sickness. There Mm -hmm. Is there's horrible disease in the world. Uh, That's why there's so much money spent to try to help with cancer. There are accidents and there are people that make a lot of wrong choices. None of us are perfect. And we live in a very fallen world. And I think probably we Americans more than others like to think that we can create a candy coated world. Mm-hmm. where that is going to happen. Do you think we get to a point where we just have to choose? Even if it doesn't make sense, I'm going to choose to trust God. He's got a view of eternity. He's God. I'm not. I feel it helps us a lot, Laura, if we know God's word. But if if we know what his character is, I've been mm-hmm. rereading The Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozer. It's it's not a hard book to read. In fact, it's a little book, The Knowledge of the Holy. And it talks about his character. And it's been such an encouragement to me. Mm-hmm. And it talks about how he lives outside of time. Yeah. And, and I'm saying, God, it means you're already in my daughter Robin's tomorrows. Mm-hmm. You already know. The doctors are taking all of these tests all the time, but you're already there. So thank you that you're already there to comfort her. Mm-hmm. Thank you that we can look at it all in a negative way or a positive way. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes don't we think that God's not good because he allows these things to happen. But our definition of good is so different than God's definition of good. Being good isn't because we get what we want. You don't that's... think so? I think that's what Americans think, Laura. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I There's a, a saying that Johnny Erickson Tata says, and it's along the line of sometimes God allows what he hates to bring about something he loves. And I think that almost circles us right back to the beginning of our conversation. It changes us. And it draws us to him when we allow it to. It yeah, it yeah. deepens our trust in him. I that sounds crazy, doesn't it? But it it deepens our trust in him and it deepens our belief in his faithfulness in him. Because who else, how else could we ever 
this heart that's been shattered into a million pieces, how else can it possibly be put back together again in a way that we can finish living out this life here? Not just like we've talked about in a shell waiting to die, just this ball of darkness. How else can this light come back to us? How else can we have hope? How else can we begin to live a life, not just survive, they get to a point where our life has meaning and purpose again beyond this deep loss, this part of us being cut off from us. We begin to see how faithful and good he is because how else can this happen except for him? Yeah. And, you know, I read two verses out of Romans 15, Romans 4, about the word of God gives hope and Romans 15, that it's the spirit of God. Yes that gives hope and it's the word and the spirit it's Mm -hmm. knowing god's word but it's having intimacy with him because it's being able to go to him as my abba father and weep before him to know that he holds me in his arms Mm -hmm. that he comforts me that i can crawl up on his lap and put my head against his chest It's this deep intimacy that I have with him, that he is my beloved and I'm his beloved, Uh that for those of you listening who say, I don't have that, it almost makes me feel uncomfortable hearing you talk like that, Linda. I just say, get on your knees, dear one, and say to him, will you show me what intimacy with you looks like? Mm. Because. I need you to be my intimate Abba Father, because I need you to be that right now in my grief and in my pain. I want to read something that one man who lost his son said. He said, I know I will look at the world through tears. Perhaps I will see things that dry-eyed people will not see. Hmm. Timothy Keller said, We may hear our hearts say it's hopeless, but we should argue back. That's good. You know, I think that if God can begin to give us the perspective, we have been entering into the suffering of the Lord Jesus. Yes. And we will see things that other people haven't seen, and we will be able to minister to people and to give them hope that Mm -hmm. others will not be able to but I personally believe that we are going to enter into deeper intimacy with the Lord because we've entered into his sufferings and that's Mm -hmm. a beautiful thing it's a sacred thing it's a very that's a better word a sacred thing it's a sacred thing and we can even get to the point where we see the honor of that the blessing that he would choose us to be able to enter into a depth of suffering, that we can become intimate with the Lord in a depth of suffering that a lot of people don't have the opportunity to experience. I agree. Yeah. So, Linda, I have to say, I believe God is honoring your third declaration to be comforted by him so that you can comfort others with that same comfort, because we've been able to experience it here at work as you and I have been talking. And I want to add that 
I believe because you were determined to trust him and to, you know, just talk to him and push through until you began hearing from him. And, you know, those words of declaration of hope, you were just willing to surrender yourself and your wounded heart to him instead of pushing him away. You're coming up to the two-year mark. And that's, that's very early to be able to say, God has comforted me in a way that I can begin to comfort others this early in the journey. Is it too late for the listeners that are five, 10 years into this? I don't think it's ever too late. God is just waiting for us to open our hands and, and say to him, I need you. I, I want intimacy with you. I want to hope in you. I want to trust you. Yes. So Jesus is our intercessor, isn't he? Yes, he is. And he's praying for us when we can't pray for ourselves, even when we're sleeping. But right now, I would like you, Linda, to pray for us and pray for the listeners as we close this out. Would you please do that? Oh, I would be so honored. Abba Father, thank you that you see each one listening. You see their tears. You see their heart. You see the ball of pain inside. You see that some are hopeless. And your name, God, is hope. You are yes. the God of hope. Mm -hmm. And I ask you, blessed Holy Spirit, to breathe hope over your precious ones, to breathe hope. Yes. And in breathing the hope, to let them reach out to you and to say, I want to find hope in your word. You said your word brings hope. I want to find hope in the Holy Spirit because your Holy Spirit brings hope. God, would you even help any who are feeling a nudge from you to write their own declaration of yes. hope to you? Holy Spirit, give them the words to bring them to hope and to trust. Jehovah Rapha, you alone are the healer. And I ask you to breathe healing and hope over your precious ones. Give them hope that life does not end, but with hope and trust, and intimacy with you, there's a sacred beauty. Yes. So we thank you. And I thank you for Laura and her dear husband who love you and love these precious people. And we thank you for this podcast. And we ask you to bless the words as they go out. We love you and we worship you, Holy King. Amen. Well, just like Linda prayed, and I was going to ask the listeners, write a declaration of hope. Ask God to give you, he knows the seed of hope that you need. He knows what will be hope to you. So ask him, ask him for a scripture, ask him for something you read in a book, ask him for a line in a, in a worship song or something that you hear to be, to be a springboard for that declaration of hope. And I would love to have you send it to me. I would love to read your declaration of hope. And anything you send to me, I will pass on to Linda so that she can read your declarations of hope as well. So go for it, guys. Go for it. We all need hope. <laughs> Even though those of us that have hope, we need more hope. We can just sure. and let that grow into faith and trust. So 
Linda, thank you so much. This has just been a, a very precious time. And I am just blessed and honored to consider you a friend. So thank you for being with us. You are my us. new friend, Laura. Yes, for sure. <laughs> Come to Colorado Springs. I, I'll, I'll do that. We'll, we'll, we'll pray it and make it happen. <laughs> it's a nice place to bring your camper. Yes, we'll, we'll figure that out. So thank you, Linda, so much. God's blessing, dear people. Wow. What did you think about all of that? Did you like the idea of writing your own psalm? When I look back, that's what I was doing in my journal most of the time in those first three years or so after Becca died. And I believe it really helped as a way to be able to at least try to get those emotions outside of me that went beyond just tears by using the best words I had to say how crushed and broken I felt and how confused I was. And yes, taking that deep pain and deep sorrow it is a way of worshiping him because we're acknowledging that we know he is the answer to our darkness. He holds the keys, even in our anger and confusion. We're acknowledging that God is God and he's bigger than our limited understanding. When we ask him why, it's because we know he has the answer and we want him to give us the answer. We eventually give up, though, with those why questions. He doesn't answer those hardly ever. I think that's because we wouldn't understand the answer. It wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't be good enough anyway. And so eventually we find ourselves surrendering to him in that place of pain multiple times. It becomes our own declaration of hope that as we give up trying to make him answer our whys and give up trying to be in control, that we find ourselves coming to the end of ourselves and surrendering to him and his ways that we just don't understand. And that is where our hope and our peace and our healing can begin. I am praying these two past episodes with Linda have brought at least a spark of hope to you. If you've been a listener to this podcast for very long, you are well aware of how I end each episode with my acronym for HOPE, H-O-P-E, Hold On, Pain Eases. Did you know that you can get a t-shirt or a sweatshirt or a hoodie with that saying on it or a warm sweat jacket, and I wear mine a lot. There are several options of different shirts and several options of colors. So to take a look at them and to place an order to get your shirt that says, Hold on, pain eases, there is hope, just go to gpshope.org store and click on the Hope Merchandise tab. And while you're there, you might also want to click on the Books and CD tab to see if there's anything you might want over there. Speaking of books, I have put a link to the books and the songs Linda talked about in the show notes, including her book, Calm My Anxious Heart. They are what is called affiliate links, which means if you use those links to order any of those books, GPS Hope will get a small portion of your purchase price. And I've also put a link in the show notes for the GPS Hope store. And I want to let you know that all the proceeds from anything you purchase there also go straight into GPS Hope as well. And don't forget to check out the GPS Hope Retreats, especially the one in Florida coming up in a few weeks. 
Dave and I have been surprised it is not filled up yet. So check it out and grab your spot at gpshope.org retreat. Let's go on to our weekly birthday segment. Celeste France was born on January 29th and is forever 17. Bryce Thurman was born on January 30th and is forever 22. Robert Schaefer DeVries was born on February 4th and is forever 35. We celebrate with these families the day these children came into the world. It will always be a special and an important day to remember. If you would like to have your child's birthday announced the week of his or her birthday, I would be honored to do that. All you have to do is go to gpshope.org birthdays. Fill in the form, submit that information, and I will add your son or daughter to the birthday list. As I close things out for today, I want to remind you to please write out and send me your declarations of hope. And when I reply, I will send you mine because I'm going to be working on one as well. God, teach me how to grieve. What do I need to do to get this big ball of pain out of me? What a great thing to ask God for. Answers won't give us peace. Even if God told us why, like I just said, we would argue with him about why his answer isn't good enough. Because here on earth, we have an extremely limited understanding of the full view of eternity. God will not be able to satisfy us with a good enough answer that gives us peace. And that is why we need to ask him to help us get through the suffocating pain and darkness. Ask him for that seed of hope that can turn into a declaration of hope that you can stand on until that hope and peace are yours. In other words, if you stick with him, you will get past your hopelessness. So hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.